0: You are listening to the wool academy podcast this is episode number 35 hello and welcome my name is elizabeth van delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell I'm very happy to welcome Michael Jackson on the show today. Michael is the Managing Director at the Australian Wool Testing Authority, in short, AWTA. Michael is a very special guest today because he is an important leader within the Australian wool industry as well as on international level. Michael is... And very active within IWTO where he is the chairman of the contracts and specifications committee but he is also a member of the IWTO executive committee. AWTA is a group of laboratories that test manufactured goods as well as agricultural and horticultural goods I just had to look up the word horticultural and horticultural goods summarizes all fruit, vegetables and flowers. What is important for us today on the podcast is that AWT is also the largest wool testing organization in the world. A warm welcome to you, Michael. Thank you for your time today and it's so good to talk to you.
1: Oh, thank you, Lisa. Pleasure to talk to you. <laughs>
0: Um, to get us started, please tell us a little bit more about yourself and about the work that you do for the wool industry.
1: Okay, well, as as you stated there, Leser, I'm, my main job is as CEO of AWTA, or Australian Wool Testing Authority, and I've been in that role for I think about 16 years now, and, and my working career before that was also with AWTA, sort of progressing from a a technical research role through into to more of an admin and management role, um, and that that followed really me getting interested in the wool industry when I went to a although I'm a city boy I went to an agricultural high school and uh, and sort of got the got the bug if you like for getting into the wool industry as so many of us do in in uh, the wool industry and I think you've spoken to quite a few people like that in your a uh, year or two having this podcast going.
0: Yeah, that's and true. I followed that up with,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I sort of was enthused enough through high school to to go and do a, what was then a specialist course at the Uni of New South Wales called Wool and Pastoral Sciences, and, and one thing led to another, and here I am at AWTA.
0: Yeah, so you, I guess the other week I talked to Philippa Wright, who kind of accidentally felt she happened to land in the Street, but you actually deliberately planned to, to land in the wool industry?
1: Well, yeah, from from university on, let's say that. Yeah. At school, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was more a matter of happening to go to an ah, agricultural okay. high school. Okay.
0: Yeah, and tell us a little bit more about the Australian Wool Testing Authority. What kind of services does AWTA offer?
1: AWTA is an industry-owned non-profit company that was established in 1957 specifically to provide independent results to the wool industry and and it specifically it was established to provide results that both the buyer and the seller could equally rely on and in those days that testing was really just on scalp wool that was being exported and, and over the years as pre-sale measurement grew and as the industry moved towards using more and more objective measurement For the trade of wool back to the grower level, um, AWTA grew and grew and became a a substantial organisation within the wool industry in Australia and internationally. Um, And in more recent years, with the decline in sheep numbers from the artificial highs of the reserve price scheme, AWTA has diversified to start testing some of the products you mentioned, although, Lisa, I hadn't thought about flowers as being part of horticulture, so maybe oh, okay. you us another idea there. Okay,
0: that's um, what I read in the dictionary.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm sure you're right. Um, so we now have four divisions, um, one being raw wool in Australia, which is still about two-thirds of our, our company revenue. Uh, then we have an agri-food division that does the, the horticulture, uh, processed food grains and animal fodder testing we have a a product testing division which tests textiles and building products and some automotive components flooring materials things like that and our fourth division is is nzwta that i'm sure a number of your readers or listeners are familiar to in in new zealand that that also provide wool testing and textile testing services in new zealand
0: yeah, and you said so. Still, the biggest division is um, the wool testing. Can you, yeah, give a little bit more details about that part of the business?
1: Okay, well, that, that's really the division that AWTA was was formed to become. Um, as I mentioned, it's about two thirds of our business. If I go back fifteen years ago, it was ninety five percent of our business. So those other areas have now grown, but. Um, It's really, its task, I suppose, is to provide totally independent, impartial and high integrity information about wool so that wool growers are confident when they sell their wool that they're getting a fair price for their product and wool buyers, whether they're first stage buyers in in Australia or in New Zealand, uh, or if they're the actual processors of that wool in Europe or in China, are confident that they're actually getting what they pay for, and by by both buyers and sellers having trust in the integrity and impartiality of our services, uh, we help um, efficiency grow in the in the wool supply chain, and we also reduce a lot of the trade disputes that would occur if if you didn't have um, an independent test house like AWTA in, in the in that role.
0: Yeah, and I had once the chance to visit your wool testing lab and it was quite huge and there were so many different tests that you actually perform on, on wool. And Can you tell us a little bit, give us an overview, what are the different um, tests that, that raw wool goes through in your lab?
1: Well, I think the most fundamental test we do is, is at the sampling line where we actually weigh the bales. Um, and that, that bale weight is is independently certified, and, and the yield information that, that we then also test in the laboratory is tied back to that bale weight. Um, and that that gives the quantity of product that can be expected to be produced from, from that bale of wool, and that's really what people are prepared to pay for. Uh, then if you look at the quality aspect, the, the major price determinants are fibre diameter, or micron as a lot of people will refer to it, Uh, vegetable matter content, uh, staple length, staple strength and position of break are the the major um, test parameters that we're measuring.
0: I saw that on your website you can choose or pay more if you want quicker results but what how long would it typically take for all these tests that are typically performed?
1: what we define as our normal service is, is roughly two days. So you've got the day of sampling and then two days later, they'll, those results will all be available to the buyer and seller. Um, express service, service that you mentioned is, is basically overnight testing. So if we sample that wool today, we'll have a result for you in the morning. Um, and obviously it's a pretty big logistics exercise in our, in our Melbourne lab, that I think you came through, Lisa, where we're testing at the busiest time of the year, almost two thousand different lots a day, and uh, we have to do multiple tests on each of those lots. So, um, scheduling all of that testing so that we can meet those service times and so that you know catalogues are ready for auction or uh, shipping deadlines are met for people putting wool on onto uh, shipping containers is is all part of the process.
0: So you actually work in several shifts uh, each day. Uh, is it 24 hours testing?
1: Yeah, we were until recently, but we've managed to improve our efficiencies in a lot of areas. And we now work uh, in the Melbourne lab. We're working two shifts each day. Uh, so we're, we're not quite 24 hours like we used to be. Um, reduced volumes have had a bit to do with that. But even more so is is uh, productivity improvements that we've made so that we can we can arrange our work to to um, be completed uh, in less hours.
0: Okay, and I think when I went through your lab um, and got the tour, someone mentioned that actually because you have all these test samples that at the end you can all collect and you kind of hold, or kind of then the largest amount of wool, or what happens with wool, I, I think there was like a, you were kind of the biggest wool supplier in the end, if if you put all those samples together.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure we're the biggest. I think there's a few wool growers out there that produce quite a few more bales than us, but but we would certainly be in the top 5% of wool growers, if you wanted to call us that, um, where we sell that residual sample material that that, uh, wasn't destroyed during the testing process.
0: Yeah, so I, I always find that amazing that even all kinds of wool and even those tests can be somehow used um, for some product somewhere
1: yeah that that's a incredibly buoyant part of the wool market at the moment is you, you anyone who looks at the merino carding indicators would see that they're at record prices and that sample material that we have is is quite short it's 20 millimeter core tubes that have taken most of that wool and and they're getting uh, getting very attractive prices at the moment because it goes into that buoyant section of the market
0: no oh, that's very lucky for you at the moment then yeah and <laughs> tell me and tell me then so you did all the tests but then how you mentioned that briefly where did all these test re- results then go to and how is the supply chain using them
1: okay well the We'll issue the results electronically back to whoever requested us to do the test. Commonly, that's a wool broker if if the wool is going to auction, but it may be a private merchant, it may be someone who's selling that wool electronically. So as our customer, they'll take those results, they'll then advertise them to the potential buyers of the wool um, and have either a tender process or, or commonly an open cry auction where someone has looked at the wool sample in conjunction with our test results and determined how much they're prepared to pay for it so in the sales transaction that's the first step Uh, then whoever's exporting that wool will normally need to to show a bank somewhere that or show a customer overseas that the wool matches the order uh, that, that, that their customer has made and our test certificates are really the document of quality that's used to demonstrate that the delivery complies with the purchase order. So again, that's a, a trading uh, requirement in 99% of cases is an AWTA test certificate it must accompany the shipping documents, etc. to ensure that the bank will release the money. And then further down the pipeline, the, the processors who are um, processing that will use our Test results and certificates to, um, you know, for their quality control purposes to monitor the the, for example, the fibre diameter at the top they're they're making or the average fibre length that they're getting, and and they'd expect that to be very close to to what our test results predict it should be.
0: Okay. Thank you for explaining that. And you mentioned to me before the interview that you also have a lot of information on your website, also a lot of videos. So I will make sure to link to those um, in the show notes so that people who want to find out a little bit more about testing and what kind of tests they are, et cetera, can go there for more information.
1: I encourage them to do that. I mean, you've you've been lucky enough, Lisa, to to come down to Australia and um have a tour through the laboratory but the the videos that have been made are are really to show people what's happening in there so it's it's um it's a good opportunity i think for people
0: yeah great no i i agree it's of course even nicer to visit you but those videos will of big help as well. And one thing that I also learned is um, that you take part in round trial tests. And maybe that's obvious for people working in laboratories, but for me, it wasn't obviously. So please explain what, what are these round trial tests and why are they important?
1: Okay. the Any laboratory that's producing a result is, is if it's working in isolation and not uh, cooperating with other laboratories, then then you never really know whether the results are, uh, are accurate and what the precision of those results are. So what a, gr- a whole group of raw wool laboratories around the world do in, in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, um, the UK, uh, and, and at a lesser level in China and in the uh, South American countries do is... Uh, send around samples of the same wool that we all test at the same time and we then put the results back into an independent mailbox Um, by mailbox and then a technician who gets all of those results and does some statistical analysis and we can then sit down and look at are we producing results that are that are consistent with each other and if there are laboratories that that don't then what do we need to do to align our processes so that uh, regardless of whether you're buying wool from Australia or South Africa or merino wool from New Zealand or, or from uh, Uruguay, that you can trust the test certificate that you're buying it on. Um, and I think that's one of the real strengths of the wool industry is that those laboratories who are not competing with each other work very closely together to to make sure that we are all providing results that uh, are consistent and that therefore people down the chain can, um, can rely on.
0: Yeah, and you just mentioned something that it's quite special or unique for the wool industry. And that brings me to my other question that once I talked to someone from the cotton industry and they actually mentioned to me that wool, the wool industry was quite unique because we had all these or that we had one set of standards because in cotton they would actually have different standards for different countries. Um, and also another thing that I think I saw on your website is that you said that other animal hair fibers, so like cashmere or maybe alpaca, are not as advanced with their testing standards. So it seems to be a very unique situation that wool can supply these very um, del- yeah, strong test results and only one test result and not several ones. So maybe speak a little bit about this unique situation and how that actually evolved.
1: Um, I think there are probably two components to it Lisa one is one is going back to the history and I think I mentioned before when AWta started in 1957 it was it was established because there had been exporters in Australia who were selling scout wool and they were they were um, sick and tired of having arguments commercial disputes with their customers in for example the UK because the weight of the bale of wool would change during shipping uh, Wool's are Wool picks up and loses moisture more than any other fibre, so that was a, a recipe for for commercial dispute. When you've got a bale that might weigh 110 kilos and you ship it across the world, and suddenly the same bale weighs 115, how do you how do you pay for that? Um, and it led to probably some questionable commercial practices in the first instance, where you know if you you could uh, top up the water in the wool a little bit, then maybe the bale would weigh a bit more and you could get a bit more for it, but. That was a very short-term approach and, and a number of exporters were wanting to avoid those disputes and have long-term relationships with their clients where they knew that there wouldn't be a dispute over over um, the simple bale weight um, because they, they would standardise the moisture context. And that, that, I think, was the start of, of establishing AWTA as an independent test house with the, with the express aim of producing results that would be accepted by both sides of the selling transaction um, and that's that's carried through to this day uh, where aWTA and the other test houses around the world see that, that that strict impartiality and independence and highest integrity is is our most important asset so we all act to um, protect that I suppose the other the other side is through IWTO where and again going back in those days uh, um the foresight of the people to recognise that that developing international standards that were accepted by our customers, by that I mean customers of our test certificates, whether they be uh, growers selling their wool or whether they be processing mills buying it, uh, was critical. So rather than having a whole series of, of national standards that might have differences, um, those test houses. Along with other technical people from processing mills and everywhere else in the world, got together and and started to push those test methods through IWTO. So there was industry standardisation, and and so that that goal of having a single result that could be relied on by by both sides of the trading transaction was was actually achieved. And I, I think it it is something that that is uh, it's not unique. It's certainly unusual to the wool trade, and and I think it it's served it very, very well over a long period of time.
0: Yeah, and that's actually still happening every year at the Adibutal Ad- Ad- Congress that these standards get reviewed and updated where necessary. Um, so it's a living yeah, living document and it's always up to date, so to say.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and it's uh, all through peer review and peer approval.
0: Yeah, and I guess what's also unique is that everybody, because it's everybody does that on their own time so to say so nobody everybody contributes on industry level to to achieve this level of standard
1: oh that's right IWTO itself doesn't have a staff of technicians doing this work it's up to the various members of the trade to to do work bring it forward and then for for everyone else to to review that and and critique it and uh, decide whether it's up to standard for for uh, being approved in within the IWTI test methods, etc.
0: Yeah, and then the latest test standards that were added to the IWTO, It's called the Red Book and the Wet Book. So to the Red Book uh, is actually fabric testing, and you at AWTA have done a lot of research and development in the testing equipment and development of test standards in this area. So please. Talk a little bit about that. What is that all about?
1: I, th- I think the one you're referring to mainly, Lisa, is is a test method for the comfort meter, which was just accepted as a full test method at the meeting in Harrogate a few months ago. Um, and that relates to work that was done by a cooperative research center in Australia involving you know, CSIRO, uh, various universities in Australia, AWTA, AWI have been involved at various stages as well, where we're, where they're looking at um, the next skin comfort uh, of very fine knitwear, um, and there are a number of user trials done. I th- I, sorry, I'm tying myself up a bit here, Lisa. But if you think if you think back, I'm sure you've heard the often um, held thought that people are allergic to wool, or that wool is a prickly fabric, and that wool's no good for wearing next to the skin, mm-hmm. and I think the work that's been done clearly demonstrates that wool can be an exceptional fabric to wear next to the skin, providing that the quality of the wool and of the construction is suitable for that purpose. Um, And what the comfort meter has been designed to do is produce a method of measuring the next to skin comfort um, so that hopefully down the track, what you'd find is that um, people have then got a specification they can use to ensure that if they are buying that fabric uh, whether they're a brand or a retailer who want to sell that on uh, that they know that it will perform very well when it's used particularly in in exercise environments and some of that active outdoor um, pursuits that are that are becoming i think a a bit of a you know a real niche that the wool industry has been chasing pretty hard and the test method now gives us a chance to to ensure that the industry can have good quality control processes around that. And it also opens up the way for some exciting new areas. And I think you will have seen the work that uh, Angus Island from AWTA presented at Harrogate showing uh, the use of, of wool to, to try to help skin conditions like eczema and some of those others. And and again, a, an essential part of doing that is is ensuring that you've got machines and testing regimes that, that can support that work. And that's what we're very keen to be pushing.
0: Yeah, no, and we had Angus also on the show already a few months ago, so um, that is also definitely worth listening into. And he mentioned exactly this test that you just described, so thank you for providing a little bit more background on that. That's really helpful. Okay. (laughs) So great. Um, Maybe I have one more question that I didn't send to you before, but maybe you... No, spontaneously do you have a favorite story that you experience within the wool industry be it a trip or something as that you can share with us
1: oh you're putting me on the spot There, I'm, I'm no good at these what's your favorite movie what's this would <laughs> take a lot longer to think about it than that but i, I think you know, it's probably a bit um stereotype but i i really um have enjoyed the the passion that you see so many people in the wool industry have, and and the thing I think that's that's particularly good now is is all or, or encouraging, I should say. Now is that when I go and visit uh, some wool top makers in China who are you know relatively new to the game, really, when you compare their history of processing to that in in Europe, that that same passion is coming through. Um, and I don't think it matters where we go; we we end up meeting people who who become. Uh, Good friends with us, but I think the thing that ties a lot of us together is that that everyone really really does find that uh, The fiber and the the industry and everything is is uh, so much more than than what a lot of other other industries are and people do become really passionate about it Rather than just finding it as a vehicle to to get rich quick
0: Okay, thank you for sharing that and I I can totally second that Uh, it's indeed addictive and yeah a true passion to be working in wool so thank you for that um so we already mentioned that you have some videos on your website and are there any other social media outlets where awt is active that your listeners could connect with
1: uh we we do yeah the websites are our main our main way of communicating and um if you start at awta.com.au, you can explore into the other divisions and websites on the comfort meter, for example, that we just talked about. Um, and that's a good, a good kick-off point for all of that. Uh, the other area I think that, that's useful is, is we, AWTA started a number of years ago a uh, Australian Wool Education Trust, which we've now, AWI have also joined into that. And the, the trust has a, a website called Woolwise Dot .com and I'd encourage people to go have a look at that there's some a lot of detail there in terms of uh, materials that's been developed by university lecturers and others to talk about all types of uh, things that are of interest not just from a uh, wool testing point of view but from wool processing and wool growing uh, so there's a wealth of information there that, that people can explore from a social media perspective the the main area um We'll put information out in is is in the twitter sphere if you want to call it that and that's that's really trying to draw attention back to the website
0: okay great and i didn't know about the woolwise website so i will check that out and link to also the twitter and that website in the show notes so thank you for sharing that that would be really interesting well thank you michael for your time i really appreciate it and i thought it was really helpful and interesting And I wish you lots of further success with AWTA.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lisa.
0: Great. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Hopefully you learned a lot about wool testing today with Michael Jackson from AWTA. You can find all the information and the links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 035. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash I also wanted to let you know that I've started a newsletter that I send out twice a month. In the newsletter, I give a summary of all the content that I share on my blog and website, along with other interesting news. If you are interested in joining my mailing list, then sign up at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash newsletter. Thanks for listening and I look forward to catching up with you next week. Bye for now.